Hi everybody. I hope y'all are doing so well today. It is June 28th, 2023. We are coursing through the 10-day portal um, from when the solstice arrived. We are kicking off summer. I speak peace over us. I speak peace over myself. I speak peace over those who are engaging with this video. I reflect on how it's one thing to want something. It's another thing to carry it once you have it. It's one thing to want to be something or be someone or be an idea or wanting to be a form. And it's another thing to actually be it. I speak on endurance to pain, endurance to discomfort. I speak on what it takes to hold and what it takes to let go. And I wish you all that fully. Today is Wednesday, which means that it is my content day. I have a very strict set of boundaries that I keep with social media to be able to healthily engage with it and to um, navigate addiction to things like reassurances and attention and love or frequencies of love or things that feel like love. Um, but I believe that there is a balance. I believe that there can be a balance, at least for myself. I know that not everybody deals with these things so heavy, but I deal with them pretty heavily. I reflect on strength. I reflect on fortitude. I reflect on holding boundaries, but also remaining soft girl. Me and some of my friends have been discussing as of late soft girl era, soft girl time. What it means to be a soft girl. What it means to be soft girl to me is not so much that I'm so soft that I let anything run and walk over me is more so I'm soft in the sense of I choose to be soft no matter what is going on, no matter what offends me, no matter what inconveniences me, no matter what God does not give me, I choose softness. I choose softness because I'm strong enough to defend that softness. Um... don't want to take up too much time. Um, there are uploads to the Patreon and there are uploads to YouTube um, that you can access through the Patreon um, across these next few months. Sometimes there will be uploads to the YouTube that are public, just as there are sometimes uploads to the Patreon that are public. I encourage anybody to check out the Patreon because there are some public videos on there that you don't have to pay to see. Uh, and there will be private videos and private um, blogs and blogs and different things that go on there. Today's special episode will be discussing my latest fictional episode, Sovereignty of the Spirit, which you might have heard about last week if you saw the video. Sovereignty of the Spirit is a Western fictional piece 
and it's broken up into 12 sections. So today on my Patreon, we're going to be talking about um, the very first section, which is called Snowshoes. And Snowshoes is about these people who keep horses and their specific relationship and encounter with a particular Mustang that they buy from an auction and the discussions that are happening are toward sort of like the history of horses um, but also the history of black people in the Americas and the discussion which is essentially an explication that is going to be happening on the Patreon we'll be going deeper into that so if you want to hear more about that and you want to hear more about the knowledge that I'm carrying on the history of horse culture and the uh, way these things are referenced in the episode then definitely hit the links and go follow go subscribe go look go like go do whatever you need to do the episode itself in full is available on spotify you don't have to pay for it if you are interested in listening to it and diving into the world of the mino diaries then that is accessible thank you all for continual support Thank you all for allowing me to keep this space where I don't have to explain too much. Um, thank you all for being in the effort of life with me, next to me, around me. Those of you I know well, those of you I know through passing. Things get heavy sometimes. A lot of times, a lot of things. Things are... They ebb and flow. You wake up happy and sometimes you, would have, you go to bed feeling totally opposite and then sometimes it's the other way around. Some days are really good and some days are not. I'm working on being enough for myself. Being enough of my own reassurance and not putting too much weight on anybody's, any one person's shoulders to carry my needs and my happiness and my peace. So that I may carry it very well. So that I may be sovereign. With that, I leave you all. I hope you have a great Wednesday. And talk to y'all later. Hello everybody, hope y'all are doing so well today. Um, let's get into this explication. So, um, today we are explicating snowshoes, Sovereignty of the Spirit, uh, Mino Diaries, Episode 12, Sovereignty of the Spirit, Part 1, Snowshoes. So the episode is broken up into 12 sections. Snowshoes essentially is a narrative piece which takes us back into the past of Unjaru. Unjaru is one of our central characters. It takes us to his childhood where he is with his mother at a rodeo. His mother, her name is Lily Bringer. Lily Bringer is a master horsewoman. She has a very dynamic story that involves, she's, she's been a blues singer, she's been a cow hand she's lived with indigenous people she's done a whole lot of things in her life 
and she is a very talented horse keeper, very talented horse master. The power over horses, power to work with horses has been passed through her lineage over time um, through her different bloodlines. And so the narrative that's happening is Onjaro and Lily's encounter in time and memory and recollection of Snowshoes. Snowshoes was a horse. Snowshoes was a stallion. He was a Mustang. They named him Snowshoes because he his feet were white. Like his ankles and stuff. His ankles down to his hoof and stuff was white. But the rest of his body was like brownish red. Snowshoes was a Mustang who was caught from the Great Plains. So Snowshoes was born wild. He was born wild and he was brought... Um, he was essentially captured. His herd was captured and he was brought into the city and he was brought to the rodeo where he was essentially sold and auctioned off. Nobody really wanted him though because he was a very, very rebellious horse. No matter what they did, no matter how many times they tried to beat him, no matter how many times they tried to break him, no matter how many times they tried to brand him or break his spirit, they just couldn't. And so there are many reflections and metaphors that are existing in this episode where this horse cannot be broken just as it is a goal and a manifestation of black people to not be so easily broken, to not be so easily taken, to not be so easily manipulated. Snowshoes, um... Snowshoes is a reflection of my relationship to horses, which I've been having since I was really young. Uh, and look, let me let me settle. I don't want these to. I don't want to get into the habit of these videos being too like. Like, let's make it loose. Let's be loose. I'm just here with y'all. I've been loving horses since I was very small. One of my favorite movies that I used to watch. Was Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron. It was a DreamWorks movie. One of the most beautifully animated movies ever. DreamWorks was in the bag in the late 90s and early 2000s. And this movie was so significant to me back then. And I just had this innate love of horses. I just really, really loved horses. I wanted to be a horse, you know. Um, and as I grew up, I came to understand more and more, oh, these are the reasons why I love this story so much. Coming to learn that I had ancestors from the Great Plains. I had ancestors who used to work with horses. I had ancestors in the South who worked with horses, who were very well equipped and adapted to work with horses. So many things in this movie, I resonated with it so much because it was reflective of my own ancestral history. If you watch Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron, you see that they're essentially documenting, they're documenting and promote, they're, they're presenting what's happened to indigenous people, but they are presenting it through the lens of a horse. Because you know, when you start to be too direct with your messages and certain things, it can be too much. Your movie might not get made, your book might not be published. So you can see that they took essentially the history of these Lakota people and they condensed it and made it to be as a horse. While there's also actual an actual Lakota character who's in the movie with spirit. 
and they are reflective of each other. They are essentially one spirit across two things. And I find this extremely fascinating off the strength of my ancestors were stolen from Africa, brought to the Americas, brought to southern plantations, and some of them navigated all the way to the west. What happened to horses? So some cool info, some cool context. The ancient ancestors of what we know as modern day horses today, equines, actually came from North America. Way back in the prehistoric times, horses started at these little bitty animals. But it was in, you know, they developed and developed. During the Ice Age, you had wild horses. So the wild horses, the first wild horses, anyway, that we know from what our, like history people say anyway, the first wild horses were domesticated in Asia. Those um, steppe horses, like the Mongolian wild horses that they have is an example of what those first true wild horses looked like. And they have wild horses that lived in Europe and they had wild donkeys and asses and things like that that lived in Africa. The interesting thing is that the ancestors of those horses that were in Asia actually were coming from the Americas and going over there. So fast forward to human times, the wild Ice Age megafauna, the wild Ice Age horses, they're gone. They're not on the, con the continent anymore. They've been wiped out a long time ago. In the 1400s, 1500s, 1500s, 1500s and 1600s, the Spaniards, the Spaniard conquistadors, they are bringing over horses as we know them today. So they're bringing the modern sort of domesticated horse. They're bringing them over on their ships and they're landing on the Americas and then they're breeding them in the Americas. And so you get to where these Spaniards, um, they conquer, they conquer Central America, they conquer Mexico, that region that is now Mexico, and they move up into what used to be Mexico, but what is now the United States, but they move into what is now Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, California, Oklahoma, Kansas. They move into these areas, and they bring their horses with them. These horses are essentially livestock domesticated animals who are bred to serve. They're bred to be ridden. They're bred to be domestic. They are bred to be submissive to their masters. What does that sound like? <laughs> Spaniards also had slaves. They also had African slaves. They also had indigenous people that they conquered and made into slaves. And what were those slaves expected to do? Be submissive. Be subservient be broken, be unlike their true natures, their wild selves. So, if you know anything about the history of the land that is North America, this is long before the United States existed, but the land was already still being colonized and occupied by European people. This wasn't the British or the French, it was the Spanish. Some of these horses 
began to escape. Some of these horses began to go out into the wild. And once they went out into the wild, they essentially became feral. So you know they have feral cats and feral dogs. Doesn't matter how domesticated they are. If you send them out into the street for a little of a little while, they're gonna essentially revert back to their original animalistic natures. So essentially these horses who were coming from domesticated stock, they go out onto the plains and they essentially become wild. Wild as those ancient, ancient Ice Age ancestors and those ancient, ancient ancestors since before horses actually became domesticated animals. So that is how you have the manifestation of the American Mustang. The American Mustang lives in the wild, lives on the Great Plains, and then you have a phenomenon which is the indigenous people come into union with the Mustangs. So the indigenous people, when they first encountered the Spaniards, at least this is how the Spanish accounts say it. You know, I feel like they exaggerate about stuff sometimes to make themselves look good or to make my ancestors look stupid. But they say that the indigenous people thought that the Spaniards were gods because they were riding these horses. They were riding these giant animals. And you can imagine you going to battle and somebody sitting on a horse. You like, what is going on? Horses are very strong and they knock some stuff over. You know, that's how most European countries and stuff used to do war. They used to do a lot of stuff there. Knights, that's one of the things they used to characterize knights beyond just their armor, beyond just their swords. It was the fact that they could ride horses into battle. That wasn't a skill that many people had. You have to remember, having a horse back then was like having a car, having a house. Having a horse was a status symbol. It was a vehicle. It was transportation. It was power. It was a show of knowledge, of resources to be able, you got a horse, you're taking care of it, you're paying for it, da 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 da, da. Anyway, the encounter the indigenous people, for a long time, they used horses and the advantage of them to conquer these people. But what happens is that you have indigenous tribes like the Apache, like the Comanche, like the Cheyenne, like the Lakota, like the Blackfoot. You have these Plains tribes who had lived for many, many, many generations hunting buffalo, hunting the herds, but they were doing a lot of this on foot. These people come into contact with these horses and they see how to engage with the horses from the Spaniards, but when they come to engage with the horses, there's a certain, there's a certain difference. And I'm not speaking for all indigenous tribes, but I can speak for my ancestors and the messages I've tapped into. There was a difference in how we engaged with horses off the strength of compassion and the strength of how these indigenous communities and ethnicities did not view nature as something to rule over. They looked at nature and they looked at animals as brothers, as sisters, as neighbors, as fellows in existence. They did not position themselves over other beings and so when these indigenous people came into contact with these horses which had been dominated and beat and used and bred simply. They came into a contact with them that allowed them to 
it allowed them to be able to engage with the animals differently and with more respect. And so you have groups like the Apache. The Apache could do all kinds of stuff on horseback. They was riding bareback on these horses, okay? No saddle, just cloth. Riding bareback and shooting arrows while the horse is moving. Shooting people. <laughs> the bond between these people and these horses that they was riding was magic. It was powerful. And it was a force to be reckoned with. And in reflection, when you have instances of black people either escaping slavery or encountering the Plains tribes during the Civil War as Buffalo soldiers, whatever it may be, we have these people who were taken from their land, who were made to be something other than what they were who also come into contact with these indigenous people, who sometimes were acclimated into the tribe, who the indigenous people were able to see, you are human, you are of us, you are of life. And the metaphor which exists, not in abstract to me, but quite, quite literally, so it's metaphor, but it's also literal, is the connection that is so deep between the history of these horses and the history of these black people and the history of these indigenous people coming all into one place, coming all into one spectrum, coming all into one flow and one purpose and one journey and one battle. These three energies came together in the different powers and in the different strengths and they battled together. The indigenous people of the Plain Tribes battled. They battled for their sovereignty. They battled for their place. They battled before they were pushed out. They did not concede without fighting. Many of them died. Many of them chose death before submitting to dishonor. And so you have Snowshoes, who is fictional in this instance. Snowshoes as a horse is refusing to submit. He is of a spirit that cannot be broken. And so Lily Bringer reflects to her son. She reflects, they have people who will say any horse can be broken. Any horse can be tamed. Any man can be broken. Any man can be tamed. Anybody got a price. Anybody got something that you could break them with. But the reality the reality is that when a spirit chooses to not be broken, no matter what, no matter what, there's nothing in this world that can break it. It's not to say that extreme pain cannot be caused. Snowshoes could have been branded, beaten, tortured, just as the enslaved people could have been branded, tortured, beaten, manipulated, ostracized, just as the indigenous people could have had their land taken. They could have had everything taken from them in the physical. But the spirit, the spirit and the choice of snowshoes in this instance 
Snowshoes has the choice. Snowshoes has the choice to where if he does not want to serve humans, if he does not want to be ridden, he will not be ridden. He will not be ridden. He will die first. And essentially, that is something that kind of manifests. Snowshoes does not survive. He does not survive. He is bought by Lily Bringer and he's put in a corral to live out the rest of his existence, but the rest of his existence isn't necessarily comfort comfortable. He is in mourning. He is in a certain sadness, but he is free. And so, as we get into the episodes of Sovereignty of the Spirit, and we get into all of the levels, what I call on audiences to do is to reflect always on what is freedom and what is freedom to you. Is freedom something that is associated with happiness? I suppose it can bring happiness. It can make you stable in happiness when it comes. But I reflect personally that freedom is filled with a lot of pain. Freedom is filled with a lot of sacrifices. Freedom is filled with a lot of change. Freedom is filled with much, much battle. Freedom is war to upkeep it. And in these stories, we reflect on what it really takes to be free. So that we may be able to decide, do we really want it? Do we really want it? So for us to be able to come to terms as as humans with what we can take and to not judge ourselves for maybe freedom is for you. Maybe bondage is for you. Whatever it is, come to stand on it. Come to accept it. But I can speak from personal experience, from ancestral recollection, from time spent in the realm of exploring freedom comes with many costs freedom comes with many weights and just as snowshoes it costs to refuse to be broken it costs to refuse to submit you may be excluded from much you may be denied much on a human level on a mundane level, on a physical level. But the reward of freedom is high and mighty and it is great. It is something that no amount of money can compensate, no dollar can compensate. Freedom is between, for my own self anyway, freedom is between me and God. Freedom is upheld by me and God. Freedom is maintained and protected by me and God. It is a private, it is a deliberate, it is a intentional, it is a wide and bright, sometimes low and dark thing. It is, it's just different. <laughs> and I can only ever really explain so much. And even if I was to speak on my life all day, doesn't necessarily mean an understanding would be had, but 
That's part of why we have sovereignty of the spirit. It is my way. It is my offering to both myself, to my community, but also to my ancestors. So create messages that might help us to understand the cause of freedom and all that it demands. I thank y'all for listening and um, I appreciate support. Thank you so kindly. Um, this video will only be available through Patreon, but um, the recording will be available on the podcast. So even if you can't pay for it, it's okay. Um, this will be available on the podcast on Spotify, Holy Body 777. You can listen anytime. Um, but here is the video for people who want to watch. I thank y'all kindly. I wish y'all well. And I hope that you enjoy the episode and come back next week for um, the explication of our next section of it. Thank you so much and bye-bye.